Blog Talk Radio. Pagans Tonight Radio, the voice of the pagan world, featuring the man with all the questions that some don't want you to hear. Called the most dangerous person you will ever listen to, the ever-curious digital pioneer, Ed the Pagan. And hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to the show. Today I'm bringing you uh, Owen Bars, cadet priest of Chosen Path Church, and that means he's actually a third degree. It's actually Lord Bowen, and uh, let me go ahead and bring you on right away, and let's go ahead and talk. Um, All right. Hi, Bowen. Yes. Hey. And so, okay, so let's go ahead and start. Uh, uh, Probably a lot of people haven't heard your story, so can you give us a little bit of how your story works? Hmm? Sure. Um, I have been, for most of my life, a solitary practitioner. Um, and as mm-hmm. uh, my high priestess, Lori Denman, would say, I was a uh, Barnes & Noble witch, you know, <laughs> anything I could find, which was few and far between in, in the small town in Colorado I lived in. But any books I could find and, and get a hold of, I read and uh, just kind of did my own thing. And um I had met some other pagans down in Clearwater when we moved down there and um, had an okay fit, but just really didn't feel the drive, so I just kind of stayed to myself. Then we moved mm-hmm. to Jacksonville and uh, started going to the Universal Unitarian Church, and one of the guest speakers happened to be Lori Denman, and she came in and talked about her church, her temple, the Corellian tradition, Lord Don was there, and I was just in absolute rapture and awe, and uh, ran downstairs afterwards at the social hour and chewed their ear off for a while, and the next thing I know, I made an appointment to talk with Laurie and joined the temple and dedicated and started my path in clergy right away. And you now are in the middle of that deep, um, because it's kind of transformed. You know, a lot of people talk about having a temple in your house, but uh, Chosen Path is chosen to be both a temple and a house. Of yeah. epic proportion, you are rebuilding this place into an amazing space. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Well, it's uh, it was a lifelong dream uh, of Lori's, well, many-year dream of Lori's to have a dedicated temple space that was owned by the church and not not a rented space and not a borrowed space not just in the dining room or whatever so she started looking and uh her good friend susan who's a member of the church and i were started looking online and we both found this same space within about 20 minutes of each other and sent it to laurie and then she looked at it and we had looked at many properties, and it just, you know, it was like, oh, well, we could make do. This would be okay. It'd be kind of cramped, you know, and because um, mm-hmm. we had to have enough room for her and enough room for the temple, enough room for storage, enough room for Lord Don, and and for the witch school to be able to do their stuff out of there. And so it was a pretty long list of things, and we did a lot of, a lot of praying, a lot of meditating, and this property just kind of fit the bill. So. Um, it's been a long year and a half of moving in and setting up. We uh, have a dedicated 15 by 30 foot temple space, which is a glass enclosed room in the back of the house with its own mm-hmm. entrance. 
and then we rebuilt, Laurie rebuilt the um, old barn out there, expanded the footprint and put a metal shed out there that's insulated, air-conditioned and heated, that's storage and a crafting area and a place to do filming. Um, so that's very exciting. We've got an outdoor garden uh, that we've started. I built an outdoor altar space and put up outdoor lighting out there. So we have that. We have a fire pit area with a fire altar. Um, and the next phase we're working on, and, and you're helping with this, is the uh, meditation garden. It is pretty so amazing. Large, yep, large property. We've got a lot done in a little over a year, a lot more to go, but now it's just kind of fun projects and we can all take a breath. And um, I redid some antique pillars that are inside the temple that surround the altar that are quite beautiful. Um, that Laurie had found at Eco Relics, and so we've got some really cool stuff. It's a great property. So another thing I find very interesting, I'm going to jump right into it. You're a cowboy. You you actually lived on a, a ranch, and you actually ride horses, <laughs> and you actually shoot things, and you actually have really yeah, yeah. modern. Can you tell us a little bit about <laughs> yeah. that? Well, I was born and raised here in Jacksonville, but my parents divorced, and when my mom and stepdad married, they bought a dude ranch in the mountains of Colorado. So I went from never seeing a mountain or snow to living at 8,500 feet, 16 miles from a town of about 650 people, and we had to snowmobile eight miles down the private dirt road to get to the school bus to ride it eight miles into town. In the summer, we had dudes or guests. They call it a guest ranch now. We called them dudes back then. And we mm -hmm. had 25 horses. We did two trail rides every day. There was no TV. There was, of course, no Internet or cell phones or even existed back then. Our nearest neighbor was eight miles away. So I learned to ride western, learned to ride in the mountains, learned to hunt fish, do all that stuff, and um, kind of stuck with me, the western life. And then I met my husband Jake 30 almost 34 years ago and he was a competitive shooter he liked to shoot with his father um, they weren't really hunters um, I was a, a bow hunter um, as a child um, my parents were all hunters as a matter of fact my brother's the 1988 gold medalist in the Olympics in archery he won wow. the gold and the team won the silver yeah and the team won the silver so um so we were archers, but I never really shot, but Jake had always shot. So I'm not quite sure how he found cowboy action shooting, but it is a competitive sport that is actually international. And it's basically a bunch of grown men and women dressed up like cowboys, got a cowboy name, and you shoot a speed round on metal targets, and you have pistols, rifle, and shotgun, and you have to shoot them in a correct sequence as fast as you can. And at the end of the day, the fastest person wins. So it's kind of a lot of fun. It sounds like it, and absolutely. Um, you mentioned your husband, Jake, and we now know that you have a strong interest in magic. Um, but some of that came from that relationship, that from the mother-in-law, I believe? Yes. Oddly enough, um, Met Marianne, uh, I think, the in person the first year after we were together. And one of the very first mm -hmm. things we did is she she helped me make a crystal pendulum and showed me mm -hmm. how to use the pendulum. 
Japan. Her background, she was a natural healer. She was a certified colon therapist, a master mm-hmm. herbalist, knew body electronics, um, was raised conservative Christian, would never call herself a pagan, but knew more pagan things than I ever knew about. She taught me how to do distance energy healing. She taught me how to do chakra balancing. She taught me about herbs. She taught me about crystals. She actually used crystals in her colonic therapy, placing them on various parts of the body. She knew about body electronics. Her husband taught me how to douse for geopathic energies, people's houses, and we would go out to these areas and douse people's houses and, and block geopathic energies or ley lines that were disruptive to, to energetic people, you know, couldn't sleep or whatever. So I learned just a myriad of what you would call new age Wiccan things from this little woman that just did her own thing and didn't call it anything. That's pretty fascinating. That's actually a very nice way to learn. Uh, not a lot of people get hands-on experience in this day and age. So, um, yeah, and, and I've got, she, she passed, she, she passed a couple of years ago and I've got all of her crystal tools and her pendulums and stuff she taught me with. So that's very special. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it is, we learn all sorts of different ways and, and eventually you found your way into, uh, a chosen path here and to other spaces as well. I know you're a strong activist and we've talked about this, uh, uh times you met your husband. Um, that we've talked about the LGBT and how hard it still is. Because we've talked about how everybody, some of the older guard are like, we've had to fight harder for things. And you've been like, oh, no, 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 I'm glad people have it easier. Uh, whatever it is. And it's all number of ranges. But we're especially talking about, because um, I've shared my brother was, uh, was a uh, gay man. And uh, he yeah. died very young. Uh, he died very young. And, um but that is very still very you've you've been a very good advocate of it's still tough. Can you talk about that a little bit? Would you mind? No, not at all. Um, you know, I never say, Oh, I had it so much harder. You kids just don't know how good you have it. You should bow down and worship your elders because of all we did. We did a lot of stuff and we did it for ourselves and we did it for the future generations. So I'm glad they don't have it tough as tough. But it's still it's it's sort of like, and I uh, equate this with many things. It's like, oh well, you know, women can go work now, so they've got they're equal. You know, um, black people can vote, so they you know now they're equal. You know, the poor can do this, so they're equal. And it's it's almost like, oh, you can get married now as a, a gay or lesbian, so you're equal. You don't have any more problems. It's all been solved because it's legal for you to get married. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, got the Supreme Court people that are still wanting to tear down our marriages. We still have people wanting to tear down Roe versus Way. You know, the fight's still there. But mm-hmm. in the minds of the public, they just think, oh, well, you've, you've, you've got it. You're good. You don't have to fight anymore because you can get married. They think, and I'm like, no, in some states you can still get fired because you're gay. In some states you can get kicked out of housing because you're gay. You can mm-hmm. be denied medical coverage. You know, you can be refused to go in and see your loved one if you're not legally married. Um we still have a long way to go, um, and and people just tend to forget that because yes, it it is easier. Um, you know, we lived through the AIDS crisis, saw many people dying, and that was a rallying point. And um, 
now what I'm seeing is all these gay prides, which is phenomenal, but now they're all corporately owned. And it's just a, a moneymaker for the big corporations. And a lot of the older people are like, yeah, that's not what pride is all about. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're monetizing it. They're monetizing our gayness and, and turning it into corporate adventure. And it was, you know, it was a celebration and a protest of, of people wanting us to behave like them. So um, I think that's a I, constant. I, I think that's a constant American problem with all like traditional faiths and all the good, you know, all these memorials. Um, I do. I think I think that's a, a consistent problem of commercialization. Uh, yeah, and there's there's actually been a lot of like um, mm-hmm. performers in the gay community that have stopped mm-hmm. going to perform at some of these uh, pride shows, and they're like, look, nothing personal. I'm all for supporting it, but I'm not for supporting a corporation making the money on it. That's not what it's right. about. Um, and think- so you know. I've, I've been through the gamut. It's 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 been very interesting. We were together 25 years um, before, no, 30, yeah, 25 years before we could get married. That's something. I mean, that 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 something fought all. People were fighting all that period of time, and when it broke, it broke well. Um, yeah. So I'm going to take this in a slightly different uh, direction. Well, actually, radically different direction. <laughs> Um, what is the type of magic that you like? I mean, we all practice different types of magic, and you teach, and and I know mm-hmm. you have Reiki practice and everything else. But what is like your favorite magic? What do you like to do? Um, I would say I love ritual. I love a, a good group ritual. Um, mm-hmm. I I love sympathetic magic. I love um, magic that mm-hmm. uses the elements. Um, I'm very much a nature-driven person. Um, I'm certainly not a high magician. I certainly think that God and goddess have a huge sense of humor, and you try your best, and when you mess up, which we often do, um, we laugh and move on. Um, Mm -hmm. But I personally, you know, my favorite tool is the mind, (coughs) is the meditation. I mean, I like Mm -hmm. my incense. I like my candles, and I like the bells and smells and crystals and all that. Um, and for public ritual or for group ritual, I will definitely do a more structured ritual. But personally, it's more for me is setting the mood, setting up my altar, lighting candles and doing a meditation and going deep within, connecting to the divine, um, listening to for messages um, and just enjoying the power of nature. I think those are my favorites. Well, those are terrific things to like. Um, those are great things, and I think we uh, very much enjoyed them. Uh, and continue on seeing those aspects of it. Uh, so these are some of the things out there. And uh, uh, so I, so you've been into this magic. You do meditation. Uh, you do a lot of really nice aspects of, of it. Uh, I think we've gotten a really good introduction, but I, I want to take one more piece. Uh, this is, sure. uh, so, um, and so in this piece, uh, I want to ask you, um, I know that you're a, per- a very personal and, and, and I wouldn't say private's the right answer because you can be quite noisy for your public stuff, but you certainly do <laughs> like what I would call high touch. You're a big advocate of, well, COVID existed and you, you all dealt with it in a very admirable way. 
you've been a real advocate about as soon as things are able to to get back safely. Uh, believe me, mm-hmm. I'm a big safety person, so is everybody around here. But getting back to being yeah. in t- touch with e- each other. Yeah. Can you speak yes. to that? Because you find that um, more magical yeah. than a lot of stuff. Right. I, I, you know, Zoom was a, a godsend. Um, it was it was a divine intervention because it led us through, you know, a very rough time with COVID when we were all running scared, mm-hmm. we were in lockdown, and it was the only way to connect. But it, I do not interface well. Like, I'm okay over the phone, especially like this, or a video where you're talking and we're seeing each other, that's mm-hmm. okay. But it's person-to-person energy is much more powerful for me. Um, mm-hmm. Some people that are introverts don't, you know, they, they prefer to be on the Internet. They prefer to talk through a screen and do things through a screen. But when I'm doing ritual or I'm doing group energy work, yes, it can be done from a distance, but I just so much prefer it to be in person. Um, that That is my community. That is my calling. That is my passion of being together and raising energy in the same room. Um, and I know energy is boundless, but for me, that's that's part of raising energy. So um, we're very fortunate to have the outdoor space, so we were able to distance with masks and do rituals outside um, when we could, um, and and that was wonderful. But um, I'm I'm just not a big fan of sitting at my computer and you doing your thing on your computer if we don't have to. Again, it's it's a double-edged sword because I, I it was a, just saving us from you know absolute isolation. But so I think some people are kind of lazy, just like in all religions, they get kind of lazy mm-hmm. and they're like, well, if I could watch if I could watch it on TV and sit in my jammies and be spiritual, then yay, because I don't have to get out of the house and I don't have to. It's 30 minutes for me to drive to the temple. I look forward to it. You know, I meditate on the drive over and think about what's going to happen. Um, but, you know, we all tend to be a little bit lazy, so for some people it's kind of like, eh, I don't really have to go in person. So I hope now, you know, as we feel safer and people are getting inoculated and, and we can do things, the weather's going to get nice, we can do things outdoors that we'll be doing more stuff together. I certainly, I, I, I do believe that. And um, so you're an artist, you're, you've been doing all these wonderful things. Um your ritual. I make meat. Some... You make meat? Do you, do you make meat? Oh, wow, that's interesting. Uh, meat yep. has become very popular in the community. So that it is, but I have, I guess, I have one last question, I guess, it came in there. They're asking me to ask mm-hmm. you about your, they're saying that you're a wonderful healer. And uh, ah. they're talking about that. So, yeah, you got to talk about being a healer. Okay. You have fans. Well, I've been. I've been a massage therapist for over 30 years Mm -hmm. um, and um, have always had this ability to do healing, to be very intuitive with it. Um, And I've I've learned Reiki. John Anastasio has been teaching us Reiki, so I'm a second-degree Reiki now. We have a Reiki circle the first Monday of every month. so I do a lot of hands-on because I'm licensed to do hands-on. You don't have to be with Reiki. You can be hands off the body, so you don't necessarily have to have a license. But since I have one to touch, mm-hmm. I'm typically hands-on. Um, so I do all sorts of massage modalities. 
Um, and I always incorporate energy work into that. I will incorporate uh, chakra balancing into that. Um, and I just, it's just kind of a natural ability, I guess, that I have. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I love to teach. That teaching is one of my biggest things. I love to mentor. I'm not in the mentor program itself, but I've mentored people just on the sidelines if they have any questions and about ritual and energy work. And um, I've done several classes on healing, healing touch, trigger point therapy, energy point therapy, um, myofascial release therapy. Um, and I'll do some more classes in the future on that. So that's, that's one of my passions. So, folks, if you're out here in Jacksonville and you want to uh, become part of, uh, just find out more, the Chosen Fast Church, um, just look it up, Google it. I'm not even going to give you numbers. It's a lot of different ways to do so. But let me, this is, this is very interesting. I think people understand. So, well, we talk a lot about it. And if you don't know, Jacksonville is becoming, uh, it looks like it's really becoming a, a you know, for, for Lord Don and a lot of the, people who've done who working in the the Corellian church, Jacksonville has become like the hometown of it accidentally. Um, <laughs> a lot of the it does a lot of the more more work that happens for the church comes out of this area. But you yeah. long chosen but chosen path is a very much a closed court. Your teachings even like when you talk about Zoom, we still do those closed. You guys are a very closed court what would be called a closed court temple, I think. Mm -hmm. In the sense of you have to have an invitation. You just can't come walking in here. This is not a public church. Uh, you, yeah, uh, no, um, it, it's for the safety of our members and for, mm -hmm. you know, the safety of the, of the temple. Um, so if anyone, I mean, we're very open if anyone wants to meet and talk with us. But, you know, Lori, the, our high priestess, has a mandatory you have to meet outside at a neutral location and we – tell you about us, you tell us about them and vice versa, and we kind of suss it out and make sure that that person is going to be a good fit. And the great thing is because Lori belongs to Nephilim and knows every major pagan religion out there in the Jacksonville area, if we don't feel that they're a fit for us, she's got the resources to say, hey, based on what you mm -hmm. said, you might fit in, into this group. Um, and so, yeah, it's it, it's just sort of a, a safety issue, and it and it also controls. We all feel like we know each other to some degree, so there's not a big change through, and it's not always a public. We much prefer our rituals to be those that want to be there, and and you know, not necessarily in the know, but those that want to be there. But we do classes, and um, we have social nights, and all sorts of stuff. So. And anyone can join, and they don't have to be Karelian to join the temple, you know, if they want to be a member. We have some Christians that have joined the group. Um, we've got some, you know, atheist agnostics that have joined the group. So Some cats have joined the group. Yeah, um, some chickens occasionally come over really, and join the group. A new turtle. Um, the turtles and tortoises. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it, it does have that sort of, uh, of vibe of, of a grove. Um, and so now we put uh, our, uh, I'm so delighted for those who have seen the picture, we put a voice for that picture. Uh, Reverend Bowen Barnes, you can, see. did I get that right? Bars, not Barnes, Bars. Bars, B-A-R-R-S, yeah. like candy bars with an extra R. Right, you can look him up if you want to find him, you know, I'm not going to give him that. Uh, as you can see, he, he, you know, people don't give enough credit. 
And this is something I promised, and I've done it before, but I promise to continue to do it. Uh, you don't have to be a national leader. You don't have to be you know, announcing stuff all over the place to make a huge impact. I think our local priests, you know, like you said, you're a third degree, a Lord priest uh, out there to be, to have an impact and to really mean things. So uh, I am grateful for you, There's a place for everyone. There (laughs) is. And I know sometimes people get get caught up in the idea of it, but I am so grateful to uh, Trevor Bowen, especially because uh, Lady Lori, as you know, does a lot of work on the national level. Uh, I think, I think, to be perfectly honest with you, I think that Lori is greatly served by you, and I think that she's very grateful to have you. I think we all. Oh, well, she's she's uh, a, a great leader and a dear friend, and and uh, you know I'm so grateful that I get to you know talk daily with her, and I get to see you and Lord Don whenever I'm out at the house and working on the temple or doing something out there, and. It's kind of my second home, and you always feed us when we're there. If we, you know, so yeah, every people, people don't know that. You <laughs> know, fabulous good. Most people don't actually know that because I'm mostly on the road in their spaces. They're very rarely in mine. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always do that. Yeah, if you ever well, if you well, ever visit, try to visit around lunchtime because he throws a fabulous spread. Yeah. yeah yes, and uh, well, thank you. That's very kind of you to say. Um, so terrific, folks. Uh, so this is your first introduction to Reverend Bombard. I hope to have him on here again. Um, Absolutely. We can talk about uh, soap making and crocheting. There you go. Oh, yeah, your crochets are amazing. Um, and I think you're going to have some pieces up in the upcoming auction, right? Uh, Crowling auction? Um, I don't know if Lori sh- shipped them or not. I think we had some things for it. Um, but we'll yeah, find we'll out. See. I usually do. I us- uh, yeah, I usually do, and I've got some great soap. We I sold uh, soaps and witch hats for uh, at Pagan Pride. That was fun. We did some fundraising for that. Absolutely. So yeah, there's going to be so much more. We're going to have them back um, as I continue to uh, talk about Pagan uh, Voices in the Pagan World. And thank you everybody for being with us tonight. Uh, and uh, we'll be back soon next week. I'm going to be talking to. Lady Stephanie Neal about her new books. Oh my gosh, she has five books up now. Who just saw And wow. uh, And then of course we're going to start getting ready for the National Association of Broadcasters, the biggest you know, the project that I've been working on for over two years. So thank you, Bowen, for being with us. Absolutely, um, my pleasure. And good night, folks. All right, talk to you later. <laughs>